Happy Dad is available at a lot of your local bars and restaurants. You might even find it at some saloons. If you've enjoyed a Happy Dad, then you know it goes well with your burger, your wings, pizza, and steak. <laughs> People in California eat it with their sushi, too. Go to happydad.com find to find a bar or restaurant near you so you can watch the games with the boys while enjoying an ice-cold daddy drink. The ladies love it as well. If your bar doesn't carry Happy Dad, then ask them to call their distributor to stock up. You can't have a burger with that skinny can, can you? It's time to man up and drink Happy Dad. Let's start with this, because you have not said the word Kyle. You have not said the word Allen. You have not said Kyle Allen. We've only heard Lovey. I'm familiar with the story. Why don't you start with why do you and Greg Olson and Ryan Khalil and all these old-time Panther guys only call him Lovey? And I've got so, Mark Carrier still here. Mark Carrier's over here calling me Lovey, too. He's in Buffalo, too. That's crazy. I love it. So the main reason, the story behind Lovey Debbie, the, the – Spark Notes version, real mm, quick. Spark Notes. So anybody who knows me, any of my previous teammates or teammates ever knew, I tried to have an, an added incentive to knowing that person. Mm -hmm. Like, do you have a girlfriend? Where are you from? What you like to do? This, that, and the third. So I was trying, you know, and that... that it's deeper that, than that, though. It's what's your thoughts on marriage? Do you believe in God? First day. Um, <laughs> but that quarterback room was epic, right? Epic. Like between that quarterback room and Joe Webb and, and um, uh, Derek Anderson, mm, those, like, I could just sit back and just be like, yo, like, those were fulfilling moments mm -hmm. in, my, in my career. To the story, Sparknotes version, we was in a team meeting room, and Greg Olson, anybody who knows Greg, he's really the unincorporated coach. Yep. He takes charge. He's like, God, what are, what are we doing, guy? I mean, come on. Like, you got to know your shit. I mean, what the fuck are we doing? Just give me a read-eight backside. God damn it. Just let me run a fucking read-eight. It's not that hard. What does it sound like, Kim? What does it sound like? We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Like, that is Greg. So he stands up in the meeting. He's like, yo, Cal. Bro, I just find myself on a fucking rabbit hole of your social media with you and your girlfriend. Like, I'm in 2016, damn near. It's deep. And I was like, oh, shit, you got a girl? It was like, I mean, you knew this. Yeah. And then ever since, it was like Cupid, you know what I'm saying? Lovey dovey. Lovey dovey. Baby. It works, man. You were, that's one thing you were, dude. And I, and I really appreciated it out of you. You knew everything about everybody in that locker room and you own that locker room. And I'm sure you did the same exact thing when you went to New England and people, yeah. it's like we were talking about right when you got on there, it's people don't know you until they know you and yeah. your aura and what you put off and you're on here. It's wherever it's noon in Atlanta and you're sipping whiskey, hitting a cigar. You got the hat but on. This is the but thing. It's you. I've never drank alcohol a day of my life. This is espresso, oh, right? Mm. Oh yeah, which you got me Never, on too. This listen, machine up there. It's black as fuck. I, yeah. I, you know, everything. I don't know if I can curse, but do whatever yes. you want. This is good. And even with marijuana, I've never smoked marijuana a day in my life. But like, it's crazy, weird story. I have marijuana. I keep it on me I because it's like a, it's like aromatherapy. Like my brother was like, bro, 
why the fuck it smell like weed in here? And I'm like, bro, I, you, I, I shoot it in the airs and I meditate. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's almost like an incense. Yeah. And people are like, bro, what the fuck is up with this dude, bro? And and that's just always been me. I've always beat to my own drum, bro. Like, that's just what it was. I love it. So, Well, we know how you guys know each other. And we usually start off by how to, you know, because sometimes we meet the guest on here and sometimes we go way back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you guys play together. And Cam, we've been on the opposite side of the field, but that's like whatever. But um how how like the most time you and i've spent together it was such a trip i was like rubbing my eyes to see if it was real i met the star which is dallas cowboys headquarters it's not next to it it's not near it it is it at the elite 11 in the nike opening and we're going to get into seven on seven but i had bo Nix and Jaden daniels as my quarterbacks and i had pickens and dom and i basically had your whole seven on seven team as my seven on seven team Jaden hazelwood as well hazelwood and and so i'm like we're in the seven on seven tournament. I don't know. I'm calling plays. And I look over and you don't have to, you don't have to go. Is that Cam Newton? Right. Cause you just, the aura, everything. And there's Cam with, you got like four kids and a nanny and just chirping at the defense, chirping at the refs. And I'm like, you're the starting quarterback for the Panthers at the Cowboys facility. You don't just walk through the door. And, and you know, we were talking, I'm like, where are you here? And you're like, so support the seven on 17 to watch my guys. And I've just, was the most not what I woke up that morning thinking I was going to see and who I was going to kick it with. And um, so the passions and the interests you have are fascinating. And that's, I think what we're really excited to share with our audience. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm 34 years old, still trying to introduce myself to certain people. And I think what I found out relatively in my thirties that I'm not for everybody. And as soon as people understand that, the better off that they'll be. Somebody's going to watch this and be like, yo, I got a whole different perspective of Kim. I never knew, right? Mm -hmm. And there's going to be somebody who's going to watch this and be like, oh, my God, I've seen Kim. He's so fucking cheesy. Like, God, he's a whiner, just whatever. I never was for you anyway. So exactly, let's just throw that out there, right? Uh, But to your your, uh, story, uh, Jordan, I'm very involved with the next generation players. And I use that, you know, with my uh, 707 sector with C1N, right? Bo Nix, Heisman hopeful, ah, he lost. But Mm. at the same time, we had Jada Hazel, who was the number one receiver in the nation. And then George Pickens also ended up being the biggest splash, you know, and just a must-see guy in the league now. But I was seeing this when they were 17 years old, 16 years old. And I always challenged the guys, you know what I'm saying? And I I believe this. I don't think that there is a more emotional, intelligent person that I know in myself, right? I, I'm, I care so much about people and how it may come off. It's my job to be able to tap into what makes people tick. If it's a softer side in a player, it was my job, and I said this before. I was a CEO way before I was even labeled a CEO, mm-hmm. running a Fortune 500 company. And any quarterback who does that is that CEO. 100%. You have to, you have access to upper management. You have access to direct access to the owner. You have access to the fan base. You have access to the the intricacies of the locker room. Talking to an offensive lineman, you know, Lovey is different than talking to her, your star receiver than talking to you know your DB, Luke Keekley. Uh, uh, your kicker, your punter, all these different things draws out different emotions. And that's what I 
prided myself on, even still to this day, talking to my editor is completely talking to uh, different, talking to my producer, using my whole logistics arm and the card away is completely different than, you know, talking to my team who runs my restaurants. Right. So it's so much that a person may ask yourself, Cam, what the fuck are you doing right now? It's like, bro, I'm more busy now these days. And I'm loving every single minute because I get to create my own schedule. You know, here I am 10 minutes before this interview and I'm just walking in like, damn, I'm ready to rock and roll. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Today's going to be one of those type of days. So draw me a pie chart real quick. What are you doing? One percentage of it is or portion of it's dadding portion of it's you said restaurants. I didn't know that. You know, you got, you got media. There's not, it's not like you're doing one thing, right? You got a bunch of things like draw me a little like makeshift pie chart about this percentage. This right now I am a restaurant tour. I have, mm. I'm in the process of opening up my third restaurant. What kind of I restaurants? Have a barbecue restaurant uh, by the name of Smokey Stallions. I have a premium cigar lounge, which uh, you can order uh, real food. When I say real food, steak, lobster, mm-hmm. you know, not just small plates. Fellowship. Uh, fellowship ATF. Come on. So um, that, that's part of the pie. The other part of the pie is Iconic Saga. Like everything that you see Cam Newton in social media, TikTok, YouTube, it comes through the arms of that. I also have a hat company, Mashika Hats, that's based in Bozeman, California, as well as uh, Venice Beach. Um, what else? Uh, a logistics company. So I'm a broker and, you know, our company has been growing expeditiously, especially over these uh, peak, peak seasons of you know, Black Friday sales and things like that. And that's really the newest kind of uh, venture that I've been doing. And there's other investments that I that I have going on. But as far as waking up and having purpose, oh, I do that every single day. And also I'm a full-time dad as well. Uh, so football practice, tennis practice, tennis lessons and things like that, I try to make it a priority to be a part of uh, my children's lives as well too. Let's hear those stories, Cam. I need to hear. I need to hear these stories. You said you got three stories to start it off. Let's hear what you got. Number one, it's crazy how life works. Okay. And I can take you back to a time. It has to be like 2017, 18. This is almost. If we're if we're using analogies, looking back at it, this is me coming off that peak. Mm -hmm. Who Cam Newton really is, Mm -hmm. right? And. I always felt my teammates always had this. Is he like that? Oh, that's Cam right there. Oh, he coming, he coming, he coming. Blah, 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 right? But when it came to the quarterback room, I tried to insert myself in ways that they would not expect me to do. Like, I was the one that said, like, yo, bro, like, let's let's do the the Thursday night, you know what I'm saying, food. Thursday like, in the love. room, yeah. Bro, the, pig, the, the pig games in the room all that like all this was like interactive things Mm -hmm. so this particular time i knew lovey was in a relationship i knew uh uh heineke scarface Scarface. (laughs) type of monster and i'm like yo like i gotta get the i gotta get my guys together Mm -hmm. coming down from from this peak of stardom so to speak lovey was not even thrusted in a role to play this is still Uh, Starface plan. Well, remember, bro, I got cut that year too. I wasn't even there. And then you were dealing with your shoulder, and Heineke was doing 
he was doing the scout team reps and the the first team reps on uh what is it wednesday and thursday yeah so he was grinding a grooding grinder grooding grinder oh <laughs> so, so check this so this is before lovey even makes his first start right subtle flex here right we have our team dinner, just like the uh, the rookie dinner, as we would say. We went to Mass, not was it Mastros? It was uh, whatever. Um, we had we we had a dinner at a steakhouse, and it was a lot of players around. And granted, the most intimate time that I've ever had with Loving was in the seat of my car. It was a coupe. It was a Ferrari F12, right? Flex, right? And we're driving to the after party. And I'm telling him, I was like, bro, one thing about this game, one day you could be on top of the world. The next day the world can be on top of you. And I remember having these conversations about him and he was just like, yeah, bro, whatever. And some of it was like, bro, damn, that's some real ass shit. And then all of a sudden, two weeks later, this guy's starting. And then, like, uh, he has this unbelievable game versus the Texans. And he has this play where it's like, yo, like, it's so crazy how his power in the words. You talking about when J.J. Watt had him wrapped up and then he scrambled, broke loose, and third down conversion? Yeah. So these things, these things are happening all the while I'm still hurt, but I'm still investing in my guys. You dig what I'm saying? So when people say, oh, Cam's this way and Cam's that way, I'm like, you don't know Cam because I'm the ultimate teammate. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if it was up to me going back to multiple times in my career, I was like, I don't want to have somebody be hurt for me to play. I just want to beat them out. And then when I beat them out or they beat me out, then the best man won. And then we can have this real uh, player to player or teammate to teammate relationship. And that's what happened. You know what I'm saying? In Carolina, obviously things didn't work out, but that, that story kind of sparked the whole thing. It's like, yo, it's crazy how life works. Like this guy is literally, you know, a, a, a whoopersnapper, right? Listening yeah. to the sensei. And then all of a sudden he jumps me, you know, with, with being thrusted in his starting role. And he made, he maximized his whole opportunity, you know, with, you know, that one story. Was it because of the talk? Fuck no. Let's be no, but, but that's how you build the confidence, right? It's not sure. by saying you can do it, buddy. I believe in you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like your mom tells you that you're the best. It's not that. It's somebody that you're aspiring to be or elements of them. And they're going, listen, what I'm doing, I actually believe that you're capable of. And that's just another way of saying what happened. And Kyle, that's Kyle's story. I mean, he, you know, the first game he played was the year before that in New Orleans. And week 17, New Orleans number one seed goes in and throws three right. bills, three touchdowns. You know what I mean? It's like. Well, that changes it. it. We're seeing guys do that. We saw Tommy DeVito do it last night. Like, shit, when it be Green Bay, he's going to be in the league for a minute. Right. Um, but, you, but you never know, and I think there's a misunderstanding about the NFL that people don't get. And when I say people, not just the pundits outside the realm, it's also internally where it's like, bro, if I'm a free agent, even if I'm a damn, nowadays, if I'm a first-round draft pick, Back when you was getting drafted, you know, Jordan, like yeah. these situations almost guaranteed you three to four years on that team. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Nowadays, it's like, yo, if you ain't cutting the mustard by the half of the season, we already looking for your replacement. You see when Josh Rosen was the 10th pick in the draft, 
Kyle's year, Sam, Josh, Lamar, Baker. When Josh Rosen was the 10th pick in the draft, and then they took Kyler Murray that next year, it changed everything. Everything. Man, they just passed. They just moved on from the 10th pick. Come right on. or wrong, it has nothing to do with Josh. Insert any quarterback. They moved on from him. Like, well, that changes everything. So, so this is the point, right? There's a unspoken word that when a person enters the locker room, it's almost like this entitlement issue. Oh, man, I was first team uh, Big 12. I was second team all SEC. I, man, don't nobody give a fuck about that shit, bro. Like, whatever you thought you was, oh, I'm the first pick of the draft. Man, they don't care about that. And there's a lot of there's a lot of players who walk into the locker room with this entitlement issue or entitlement thing where it's like, bro, I'm too big for that. Don't try me. I ain't doing no Ricky Hazen. And it's like those guys who have that attitude, people talk. Everybody talks. From the players to the coaches to management to the training staff to the equipment staff to everybody talks. Oh, man, Cam's an asshole, man. Like, I don't like that guy. Yeah, he's yeah, he just came in, and every, time, every day he leaves his locker all dirty and makes my guys work extra. Those different things, you don't think that is important because it's part you, of your story. It's yeah. a it's a part of that. So I was always the person who was holding people accountable. Hey, bro, man, clean up after yourself, dog. Man, just because you can go order an omelet and then you know you like these folks are breaking their backs to make this omelet for you, and you mad because they ain't put the mushrooms that you ordered on there. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And then heaven forbid if you're a free agent and you don't talk, you don't know how to uh, verbalize yourself to the coaches. You know, it's one of those guys or the, one of those situations it's like coaches chewing you out. And then you, you're the guy that's like, man, who the fuck you think you No, you don't have that type of power no more, sir. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah. just got to be able to say, you know what, coach, how would you have wanted me to run this route? Because in this playbook that y'all gave me, it said it's a, it's a conversion versus cover two. I read quarters. So where am I wrong? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like those type of interactions is where a lot of people – find themselves getting the boot rather yeah. than staying on um, an NFL roster. And I see a guy like Kyle, love you, and he was just that guy who just knew his stuff. Hey, Twins right key left, uh, you know, trade right key left, where's the F? Where's the Y? Trade right key left, like where's the X? You see what I'm yeah. saying? So these yeah. things and coaches, they don't have time to really, they don't have time to really invest in you outside of NA impromptu meeting right yeah. where it's like yo hey jordan what do you think about this what are we, what are we supposed to do you know if we get sam or or, or will cornerback are you hot or no okay who's who's picking up the corner who's picking up the wheel okay yeah. how i just call it like seeing the whole board do you see the whole what we're doing what they're doing right. whatever film study plays out in this well let me throw this at you right so you said mm-hmm. you know you, you you refer to a quarterback as the ceo i see it the exact same way and i don't know how much exposure you have to what I do for a living, but I help these guys, right? College and pro transition, all, all right. that stuff. Um, so let's, let's spin it back to the Panthers for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they would have the number one pick of it and trade it away, but it's a dumpster fire right now. Right. Head coach. Jo- I talked to Josh McCown the other day, right? right? He's gone. Like if that, if Tepper brings you in tomorrow, cause you see the whole board, right? It's not mm-hmm. like you can come in and like, like if you came in, you wouldn't be past game coordinator. You'd be, many levels above that because you see the whole board you'd look at the locker room you'd look at the people participating in that you'd look at the way the players are treated all that like if we bring you in not as a player but as a coach like where where are you starting with that i'll tell you this 
And 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 I was I had some time to think, and I appreciate you for asking this question. Mm, I couldn't wait for this question. Sorry, I'm about I'm bounced out, but I'm back. I can't wait for this. Listen, question. Greg a couple weeks back and said he said he would like to interview for the head coaching job. You know what I would like to interview for that job? Hmm. President. Let me be the team president. Team president. Yeah. I, if I was in the league, I had the same thing. I don't want to be coach. And I guarantee you, I could sell out. I can I can give you what you need from from Bryce. I can also speak on terms of what the fans' expectations is, and I also have the leverage to hold management and Tepper accountable. I don't want to be a coach, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a businessman. Nobody wants. So to. at the end of the day, I, I see a situation in Carolina where it's a lot of fuck ups that has been taking place. No. No question about it. Only way to say And it. I think Tepper's success as a businessman thought he was going to come into a situation and run that kind of similar as he know and found out that's not like this ain't the same thing. You see what I'm saying? So I would love to help him as well as everything because I, I, I will always be connected to Carolina. I would yeah. never, you know, bet against or go against yeah. Carolina. It was, it's, it's a part of me. Hell, should I still have, you know, residencies in Carolina? You know what I'm saying? So I it, I don't think I care enough to coach, but I would love to be in an advisory position to help the overall franchise. Mm -hmm. From the media to the fans' expectations to what is the fan experience coming into the, and coming into Bank of America Stadium, uh, personnel decisions, is this guy right for the locker room? What do we say if we draft this type of guy? You know, uh, talking and talking to uh, fan support. Like, come on, bro. There's no other person that's prepared for that position than me. You I can totally bring agree. Out somebody else and say, oh, this person was, you know, CEO or CFO for Chick-fil-A or IBM and things like that, but they don't Carolina. They don't know that market. The other thing is when you're a president, it, whatever your blind spot, let's say you're not a finance expert. Great. Hire a CFO. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mean you have to do everything. It means you just put you in a position to succeed. Well, let, let me throw this at you. Let's rewind the clock, right? They traded from number nine to number one, gave DJ Moore and a bunch of really good picks. A bunch of high pick was going to be the number one pick, right? A way to get Bryce. This isn't a question about, do you think Bryce is good, right? I think Bryce mm -hmm. is in an impossible situation. I think you could put damn near anybody in that situation mm -hmm. and maybe they win a game or two more. That's a, that's a beat roster, but rewind the clock to last draft. Would you have moved up for a quarterback or would you have built that thing differently? I'm going to rewind it even some more. Mm. They should have never got rid of C-Mac. Never. First never. off, confidentially, I'm, I'm, I'm going into waters where I feel like this is trusted source, right? And obviously it's going to get out, but this yeah. is about say, not that confidential. Right? <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is information that a lot of people wouldn't know unless you're there. They didn't know how to coach C-Mac. No. That's, that's the truth. There's no reason why this guy is having 40 touches a game and he's still practicing on Wednesday or things that we would expect our star play. They don't know how to, how to, how to coach a star. You remember 2019, the year you got hurt, the year I played and he had thousand thousand and he had, he played 99% of the snaps and he practiced every single day 
Like that is impossible, bro. That's impossible for anyone to do. And they expected that now, out of the year. Now hear me out. I'm not saying you treat C-Mac and show him favor. How I would treat C-Mac is this. On Wednesdays, that's your day. That's a vet move. That's your day. But you're out there every single rep coaching up the guys and you're talking to a coach, court running back coach, and saying what getting your mental reps in. It's not that you're practicing, not the physical practice. You're still getting a mental practice there, right? They didn't know how to do that. Also, Matt Rule comes in into a situation where that was a bad. That was an interesting dynamic too. Mm. That I'm like, yo. By the time I got there, right? Because I come back and I'm like, yo, I'm doing a lot of patchwork. Like, what the fuck? No, this ain't right. This ain't this. This ain't that. And yeah, I'm like, I'm, too. I'm coaching. I'm coaching the coach. Even at the end of the year, when you and Sam weren't even sure who was going to play in the game. Bro, that's another story that I'm like, yo, Coach Rue, you can't do this bullshit, bro. Matter of fact, check this out. Second story. So, so for for that 2020, I think that season that I came back. So there was a, it was almost like a high school kind of petty moment where, no, bro, I'm starting. Oh, bro, I'm starting. And I said, you know what? Fuck that. I ain't going to keep going back and forth with you, Sam, because that's arguing like that is honestly, respectfully beneath me. Right? Like, bro, we're teammates. That's it's also neither thing. of your choices who's Come starting. On. That's Come told on. I say, by you're, the coach. You're not, you're not, you shouldn't be put in that position. Hmm. I shouldn't be put in that position. I said, you know what? Hey, Coach Rule. Yeah, what's going on? Are you still in the building? Yes. Uh, hey, can you come down and talk to us real quick? Lazy bro. We had that conversation. And that was Matt Rule's first time being held accountable exactly. to tell Sam how he really felt about him. Uh-huh. And as well as Matt Rule telling Sam and Cam how he really felt about both of our situations. Because I told Sam, I said, Sam, respectfully, if you was doing your job, I would have never been here, bro. Right? But also, I wasn't playing my best football. So the fact that I wasn't playing my best football, that put you in a position where you felt like, yo, I still had, am the starter. So I'm not above any type of accountability that's, that's happening here. But the moral of the story is coaches have to also be held to a standard that players are as well. And Matt Rule was in over his head as far as how to operate an effective and efficient NFL locker room. And he didn't necessarily know it. So that spurred off to a situation where I was like, Coach Rule, bro, I would appreciate if we would meet every week. So I'll tell you the dynamic of the locker room, tell you what guys thinking and things like that. Because when when I went to New England, it was like a what the fuck moment. Right? Like Bill Belichick is so tapped into his team. He knows everything about it. He knows who's having girl issues. He knows whose girl is pregnant. He knows whose side girl is out of pocket. He knows how much ticket sales is happening. He knows what, like it, it was just wowing. He does that because he's he's tapped into the core landmark players who he respects. Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't have team captains just to have team captains. His team captains report the news back to him. He said, Coach, hey, I ain't gonna lie to you, coach. I don't think we should practice this week. Or or not practice this week, but practice today, man. Guys are sore. Blase, blase, blah. That's not to say that he always agrees with it, but he still says that's something to consider. And then we're going to do it how I advise the team to do it. Uh-huh. Matt Rule was not like that 
and he just felt like they will get it. And I'm like, no, bro, that ain't how you do it. So to the situation about C-Mac, if he knew that and knew, had a coach that could really coach the star and not just him, I mean, I don't think the game in my lifetime would see another C-Mac. Ever. And he couldn't have gone to a better place because you have the play calling and the play design, all the stuff that we say about Kyle Shanahan. But, like, I mean, Debo was, like, you know, whatever, 20 pounds overweight, whatever, last offseason, offseason before, something like that. And everyone, everyone in the media was making a big deal. And, and like, I think Shanahan goes, it's April. He'll be fine. Because right. I trust that Debo's so competitive, he's not going to allow himself when we need him to not be in peak physical condition. That's trust. That's respect. And so what you do is you get the best version of Debo Samuel, second round pick. You get the best version of C-Mac after his prime. You know what I mean? Where it's like, well, shit, he might win the MVP. And so it's the, the way you use that. Let me, let me shift gears here. So the NFL, right? People say the no fun league and all this stuff. Um, I, I, I've from day one, always loved watching Cam Newton play the play. And then what you did after the play and in between the play and then before the next play and all the shit, I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. Um, if the NFL hires you, so forget team president, Carolina Panthers, how about president national football league, right? You and Roger going back and forth daily, right? Your job is to increase the entertainment value of the league, the refs, the teams, TV broadcasts, and everybody has to listen to you. Mm -hmm. What's your first order of business? Allow, allow the personality. It's, it's crazy the, the dynamic of the world and then the, the dynamic of leads. Like in the world that we're living in, we're promoting people to be themselves, uh-huh. right? Hey, it's okay to do this. It's okay to be this. It's okay to feel this way. It's okay to be or be identified like this. Yeah. Right? Inclusivity, be whatever you want to be. Correct. In the NFL, that has never been the situation. It's always been a dictatorship. Anytime you get fined more than a dollar for sock length, that's, that's a dictatorship, bro. Right? Yeah. So what I would implement is create a freedom for every single player. It has to go through a process, right? What are you wearing prior to? If like on Wednesday or Tuesday, that's the players, unanimous players day off. If you want to wear pink cleats, it has to get reviewed through a board, right? If you want to wear lime green cleats, what's the reason? And it has to get reviewed through the board. But to say for a person to be able to express themselves by playing this God-given sport, for us to to not have the ability to celebrate how we want to celebrate, you know what I'm saying? To be able to wear what we want to wear, to be able to do those things, that would be something that I would say like, yo, Come on now. I thought the dopest thing this whole 2023 season was uh, Tyreek Hill and mm-hmm. what he did with the camera guy. And then all of a sudden he gets banned or some shit. Banned. Well, it's like the same thing, too. On Sundays, you go on the NFL Instagram and they're they're hyping up celebrations. They're hyping up fights. They're hyping up big hits. And then what they don't tweet or show the next day is that $40,000 fine that they get for that big hit. Or that that third celebration fine that they get for sixty thousand dollars that week, and it's becoming more and more of a prevalent thing. I mean, JJ Watts tweeting about it all the time, but the dictatorship part of it is funny. And I actually, when you said that, it made me think of a story that I want you to tell too. And I was just talking to Shula about this the other day. Talk about dictatorship. 
Talk to me about when you didn't wear a tie to the game and they didn't let you start the game. <laughs> Go in depth right. too, because Shula went in depth, but I need it from your side. Listen, my own dad, who I am close with, couldn't even believe. He said, boy, you didn't even start the game because you ain't wear a tie. I said, pop, it was because of tie. A tie. No, bro, you... You, you, you was late for me. I said, no, Pop, anybody who knows me know, bro, I'm the ultimate player. It wasn't that. This is the situation. We played Oakland Raiders. They were still Oakland at the time. Mm-hmm. And then we also had another game following up with Seattle Seahawks. That week, we had to stay on the West Coast instead of traveling back to Carolina. So we had to pack in advance. Cool. So the Oakland game, I didn't wear a tie. That's what people didn't know. It wasn't, it wasn't even mentioned. It was just like, oh, Cam, Cam walking in, blah, blah. I think I wore like a turtleneck or something. I wore two turtlenecks back to back, right? So boom, I wore a turtleneck for uh the Oakland game, and then I followed it up with a, a turtleneck for uh the Seattle game. So all of a sudden. This is where, you know, um, bus one, bus two, bus three leaves. Well, in this situation, we was going to travel all together to travel up to a closer hotel towards Seattle. Mm -hmm. So as I'm going downstairs to kind of get some food to to get on uh, the team bus, Rivera comes in and was like, where's your tie? I said, what you mean, where's my tie? I got a turtleneck on. I wanted to say, I got a turtleneck on, jackass. What the fuck? But my relationship with Coach Rivera, this is when I knew it was out of his hands. When he came to me, he never, one thing about Coach Rivera, he allows his players to be his players. That's why I was so successful because he never handicapped me. Marty Herney, David Gettleman to a degree, never handicapped me. Mike Shula never handicapped me. Ken Dorsey never handicapped me. They was just like, bro, Whatever you need, boom. All of a sudden, Coach Rivera, speaking a tone that I never heard from him, he said, where's your tie? I said, Coach, I ain't got no tie. Cool. He leaves. I'm I'm going back to get my food. Boom. Comes back down to eat. He says, "Um, if you don't have a tie, I think it was something like you're not going to – it wasn't you're not going to play. It was like if you don't have a tie, you're not going to try. It was something bogus. I said, Coach, I don't have a tie, bro. Like, this is a turtleneck. Like, a turtleneck. You want me to put it over? Yeah, the you're not wearing coach. a jersey or a hoodie. I would have been yeah. more disrespectful if I would have put it over the, the turtleneck, obviously <laughs> blocking him. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, Yo. I'm like, Coach, I ain't got no tie. Straight up. I ain't, you know what I mean? Whatever. So then this is when Coach Shula gets involved. Now I'm walking to the, to the, uh, to the bus. So Shula comes in. <clears throat> And he asked the same redundant question, like, where's your tie? I'm like, man, coach, first off, this is what I don't appreciate. If y'all wanted the point of emphasis to be wearing a tie on traveling days, y'all would have said something to me before Oakland. But y'all wasn't paying attention about that. Y'all think we're losing these games because Cam Newton is wearing a fucking uh, a turtleneck to a game? Like, what are we – like, we're not keeping the main thing the main what thing. What are we doing? But what are we doing? Right. So then I asked the question, I said, you think Tom Brady 
You think Peyton Manning? You think Drew Brees? You think Matt Ryan? Do you think Philip Rivers? You think these people had these conversations with the fucking head coach and GM and quarterback coach before a game to talk about a fucking tie? And I'm sitting up here saying to myself, I'm like, yo, I can see. This is your Allen Iverson moment. <laughs> derogatory to everybody else. I'm like, bro, I had a trench coat, some slats, and a turtleneck. And obviously a hat, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what are we, we're, we're getting distracted by all this. And I had to really discern the situation. I was like, it never came from Coach Rivera. It was Dave Gettleman. And Dave always wanted it to be his way or the highway. Backstory to that. We had a team meeting before the 2015 Super Bowl run going to San Jose, California. That's where we were staying for the, the Super Bowl. We met as a team, cool, captains, whatever. The captains went to Dave Gettleman and said, hey, Mr. Gettleman, I don't think we, we want to wear a suit and ties. We just want to be comfortable. This guy was like, man, I nah, fuck that. We did it over here like this in the Giants. So y'all going to do the suit and tie thing too. Uh -huh. Dictatorship, right? So I'm like, bro, you got your team. You ain't catching no passes. You ain't preparing for the game. You ain't doing all this stuff. So this is an opportunity to throw your team a bone when it's just like, yo, bro, you don't really give a fuck about us, right? So then he says, y'all going to wear suits to the 2015. So that's where I was really making a mockery when I was wearing those, uh, those uh, Versace pants that went viral. It was like, man, bro, it's a backstory behind everything. Back to the initial uh, um, story. So it was coming from Dave. Dave was really like the person that was like, why is he doing this? Why is he doing it? He thinks he's bigger than a team. Why? We don't really need this antics. Cool. So Coach Rivera, when we got on the, whole, uh, when we got on the plane, he came to me for the final time. He said, if you don't have a tie, you're not going to play. Said, you said try me. <laughs> I said, Coach, respectfully, you're gonna have to just do what you're gonna have to do. And I hate that it came down to this, but yeah. it's a it's a it's a it's a tie, right? So I, I hate that it comes down to this, but you gotta do you gotta make the decision that you have to make. Mm -hmm. Boom. Fast forward to the game. I didn't start. So it was Sunday night football. Yeah, right. Prime time. And, and the cameras were on me. It was like, you know how the quarterback runs out. Ah, like and Cam Newton, like you have your own little silhouette and everybody like, boom, the, the success and the demise of the Panthers is going to be predicated off of these three things type shit. We all yeah, see yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Bro, the funniest thing, the camera guy was like looking at me and he's looking at the clock. He was like, I don't think Cam. Looking at him like, yeah. Yeah, you know right. you put your earpiece in. Yeah. Derek Anderson runs out there. And I fucking love DA. DA was the guy that was all it's like, well, oh, are man. we talking? Are we really talking about a tie? So Derek runs out there. Long story short, the first play of the game, he throws a pick. Yeah. So then everybody's oh. now looking at Coach Rivera. And Coach Rivera's like, yo, like we've made this shit a bigger distraction than what it is. He's looking at Dave Gettleman, but Dave Gettleman could hide. They yeah. never they never identified a general manager with situations like this. And that, that's why I will start holding upper management accountable. Yeah. 
Because that was a situation that was a Dave Gettleman move, and Dave Gettleman used his power to manipulate Coach Rivera, and Coach Rivera used his power to manipulate Shula. Shula told me, and now when it backfired in everybody's face, Cam gets the brunt of the, the situation or Coach Rivera, but the person who started this shit yeah. never gets identified as that person. So that's a perfect example. And I of, played for the Bengals, so though I've seen where the chain of command can actually create the unforced error. Mm -hmm. This didn't need to happen in the first place. You know what I mean? Like, like real talk. Great example now, of it. <laughs> let's let's look at it through this lens. How I would have done it. Okay. Or, fuck me, how Bill Belichick would have done it. He's going to remind you, hey, yo, bro, hey, where's your tie? Coach, I ain't got no tie. Say less. We just going to find you. Come on, have a good game. Boom. Mm -hmm. Everything's already... Everything's yeah. already what it is. It's not a bigger issue. You see what I'm saying? I'm just going to find you, and then we'll go about it like that, bro. It ain't no need to cry over spoiled milk. I would have paid the fine, and then whatever. But they made it bigger than really what it was, and then it could have been a crazy. Yeah, I didn't know that. When you're dealing with a player like me, you can't – and I would tell Shula this. I said, Shula, he would have all these Peyton Manning stories and Tom Brady this – Tom Brady, I'm like, respectfully, I'm not them. You drafted me to be me, mm. not a reincarnation of Tom Brady. Tom Brady is great. What he was able to do, who knows who will anybody ever do it again. But I'm like, I'm trying to be the best version of myself. So I need creative freedom to be that, mm -hmm. to bring out best version of me and that count that don't come with no choke chain to say hold on hold on hold on no nah, okay yeah. we don't need you because anybody who knows me know i'm the ultimate pro i'm the ultimate teammate and i would never do anything my aura alone is distracting so why would i just necessarily go over you never had a conduct detrimental outside of the tie yo like who is this guy you know what yeah. i'm saying so yeah. That was well, Cam, I'll, I'll say this, man. Like I, I work with a lot of quarterbacks. I've had several quarterbacks and you know, it's not like I'm just like coach guy. I'm like, you know, Kyle's yeah. one of my best friends, Kyle, Sam Darnold, Jarrett Stidham in new England, right? I've Stitty. had all steady. I had all these guys and we had camp, we had a uh, Baker Mayfield on, you know, a month or two ago. And, and I'd say, I'm not comparing the two. I'm just saying, I'd say it's the same thing about him, the media and fans perspective yeah. of you. You talk to any quarterback who was in your room or any quarterback who's been in Baker's room, and like, dudes, love you guys. Like, yeah, like the quote. I don't like, I've never met a quarterback who's like, yeah, but like this about Cam Newton. It's just yeah. straight love. You know what I mean? And, and, and I just also name people who have nothing. Jerry Sidham has nothing in common with you. You nothing. know what I mean? It's not like you guys are boys. It's yeah. just like you come in a room together, and he's like, dude, I, and I think you beat him out or whatever, too. And it was like, yeah. No, I love but him. The, that guy's this, that, the and the thing, other thing, you know? That thing right there, had I, this is a regret that happened. Had I had that opportunity to tap into that with Mac Jones, I think the dynamic mm. would have been better. And mm. I just thought that it would just cut short because I wasn't able to show that side to him. Because I, I was competing. With him, he yeah. was competing. Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't able to really kind of dive into like, yo, Mac, bro, what's up? Mac and cheese, my guy. You know what I'm saying? It was just always like, yeah, 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 ha, ha, ha. But I'm trying to whoop your ass. You're trying to whoop my ass. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Then all of a sudden I get cut. And then it was like, yo, I could have been a best team. I would probably could have been what 
Mac Jones needed. Yeah. Hmm. 2020, granted. So that's, that's, yeah, take yeah. That. Well, it's also probably the first quarterback battle you've had since Juco or since Auburn, you know? You were the guy forever. Yeah, it's it's, it's new territory for you. It's di- like, I'm used to that every year. You know, you find a way to be a good guy and be a good team. But, like, that's your first battle you've maybe had in your life. Who knows? But it wasn't me, though. It was Matt. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. Matt yeah. came yeah. in. And, and listen, Matt is a – is he came from Alabama, so he was already trained to go. I was seeing Matt, and this is where I knew, like, yo, this dude, talented as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, golly. And I would always have it like, bro, loosen up, bro. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he was it's just like the Patriot way, like, ah, serious. And I'm like, bro, is uh, are we in a battle right now? Yes, but bro, it's okay. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? This is how you lead, you know what I'm saying? The Trents and and the big guys and the Shaq Tom, like the Shaqs and 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 these teammates, right? I could have helped him, you know yeah. what I'm saying, with that. He had a lot of success well, and, his rookie year, but that's just... And I talk to guys about this all the time. What I, one of the ways I would describe you, if you were like, hey, what do you think of Cam Newton is, you know, what, what impresses you about him? One of the things that I would say is, I think you're a world-class compartmentalizer because there's no way you can have this success, and not not like a good year here and there, but sustained success yeah. starting at, what was it, Blinn College or whatever, right? Yes. So then it was just kind of like, no real off years, right? So sustained success, but also the business, but also the the iconic, you know, all the stuff you were doing. It's not like you were going home and getting workouts in in the off season and chilling and watching TV. You were busy, right? You got family, you got all these things, you got a lot of people. So I, when I see somebody who has a lot going on, yeah. and, and Tom Brady's another example. That guy's been doing a million. Mahomes right now, he's in forty commercials, yeah. world class compartmentalizer. And so when you look at Mac, sometimes these young guys go, "Hey, I'm in a competition. This is the only yeah. thing I'm doing. I'm not doing anything else. Every single element of what I'm doing is part of." is part of the competition. And that's where I totally see what you're saying. It's like, well, hold on. Even though you and Cam don't have a lot in common, right? you might be able to learn how to compartmentalize and be great at this and then stop doing that. And then it's also it's two o'clock. Now you're going to be great at this. Okay. Yeah. Now it's five 30. Now I'm going to be great at this. Right. And above all competitions, above all competitions, we still got the same color jersey on. Mm-hmm. And that's what people don't understand. Perfect example. Jimmy Clausen. Once it was named that, yo, Cam is the starter my rookie year, it was almost like a <sighs> some in like, damn, I'm disappointed, but also it was just like, okay, I know where I stand. Exactly. And me and Jimmy was like close as hell, like Jimbo Slice. Jimmy's God. cool like, as shit. <laughs> I played with him in Chicago. We became buddies. We're still friends. Like cool real shit. talk. And and yeah. then this 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 thing kind of took off with, you know, people still don't know. Like I had the utmost respect from all my my teammates in the past because we've been able to build that rapport. And that was just the most things that even now when you say like, what do you miss most about it? It's just bro kicking his shit. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like lovey dovey, what you and your girl do this weekend, bro? Like, you know, oh, don't worry about it. I'm just gonna go on your Instagram. You know, like those little <laughs> moments was just always, you know, what made football fun for me and not just want to. So let me ask you from a different angle, right? Mm -hmm. So anybody who watches football, we've seen your highlights. We've seen you play all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. All all the, 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 like the marquee celebrations, the impromptu, the randoms, the, all the, everything. Right. So I've been across the field from you, whatever, you know, how we know each, you know, how how people, you barely get to know guys that way, but anyways, been across the field from you. But then 
my brother's playing for the Cardinals and at Carolina NFC championship game. And so me, my mom, all, I was a bear at the time, but I, we were out of the, we weren't in the playoffs. So right. we go to the game and you know, I got my Cardinal stuff. I'm there to support my brother. Right. Right. And it was, I hadn't really seen again. I, and I don't know if you remember this game, but Bengals at Carolina, basically a monsoon, like couldn't throw the ball. Mm-hmm. It was four inches on the sideline, crazy rain, whatever. But fast forward, so Cardinals, and you guys obviously beat the Cardinals, cars through, you know, whatever, didn't have a good game. You guys go on and go to the Super Bowl. But that was the first time where I was realizing all the positivity you're putting out pro Carolina is super annoying. And if you're on the other team, like, don't let one start dancing. Don't let him start doing, like, because I was so pissed at you. Like, I was so sick of you that day. Were you also aware all the positivity you're putting out for your teammates and everything? How, like, because you weren't a like a fuck you shit talker. No. You know what I mean? Like bring you down, tell you how shitty you are. You were just all pro positive, but how negative that was for the other team. I knew how to push the buttons. Mm-hmm. They call it the cam effect, right? So even when I would talk to other teams, it was like, yo, how did you prepare this was against that? Driving me nuts, man. Coming coming into it, like you already knew. Like when I would start doing my own research and in, in self-scouting the Carolina team when I was there, I would always ask other coaches indirectly or directly or other players like, yo, what was y'all thinking of how to stop us? The most consensus thing was we got Don't to stop. Don't let them get going. Don't let them get going. Don't let them have fun. He's a prima donna. You know, he, he's, he controls the pulse. And if you're playing in Carolina, I knew how important that was. I learned that from Steve Smith. First time I played in Carolina with Steve, a real game, he caught a slant for like eight yards. It was a first down. He gets up, spins the ball, and then looks up and then beat on his chest. And I'm like, this is what the crowd, they love gladiators. So I was learning these different things as a showman playing this game. And I was like, this is how I can get the pulse of the whole stadium to either like or hate me. And I knew how to use that to my, uh, to use that as an asset to my game. So you call it what it was, it's the bravado, it's this, that, and the third. It was all my games within a game that I'm like, bro, if I get into this end zone, that momentum is going to be on us. I'm, and I'm going to get a football away too. So these are all things that I already, come on, man, I'm smarter than that, man. Yeah, no, I, I that's why I, I wrote that question on my iPad because I want, because yeah. there's no way you were I like, no, nah, I didn't really I think didn't about what it was effect on them. I yeah. didn't care. It was one of them situations. Sure. I had a conversation with uh, Kevin Plank after my second year. Um, he is the CEO and founder of uh, Under Armour. He came to Charlotte and we had like one of these off season kind of dinners and he exposed me. He says, Cam, why isn't it when people mention Carolina that you're not even in a conversation? They, they're, they're talking about a person who never played here, but was an ownership here. They talk about Michael Jordan more than they talk about you. And after that, that's the accountability I need. I said, you know what? I'm going to make Carolina my home. Like when people mention Carolina, I make it my home. After wins, what people don't know, I gave away pizzas. Mark my word. Like, I didn't want this to be out for them. Like, it was a celebration around the city. 
Cam coming in with people. Like, I was giving away. I'm buying 25 to 50 pieces, bro. Like, honest to God, true. I was doing that to bring people together. Nobody knew. When I came in and, 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 and had the dress to the time from the hot top hat to everything else, driving up, I wanted people in Charlotte to understand I'm one of y'all. Like, like, shit, when I lose, when we lose, we all lose. When we win, man, Krispy Kreme donuts on everybody. Hell, I'm a buy. You know what I mean? I just mm-hmm. wanted that culture to be there. Because when I first got to Carolina, it wasn't there. We would see more Washington uh, uh, jerseys, Pittsburgh jerseys, and Cowboy jerseys in the fans. And I was like, no, nah, that ain't, I'm going to make this mine. And still to this day. So when I'm saying, I don't want to be a coach. I want to be the president. If you allow me to do that, I can guarantee you I can hold people accountable to sell tickets. Number one, that's the business side, but also we're gonna win football games too. So all right, Cam. Last question, we're gonna let you go. And I think I know the answer to this, and I know my answer, but I want to hear from you. Does Cam Newton belong in the Hall of Fame? Um, you know, I mean, I've been getting this question asked a lot. And I think me having children now, that will be the only reason why I would want it. But real story, when I am in Miami at a youth football tournament and when kids run up to you and they're like, Cam, take a picture, Cam, take a picture. I've done my job. The impact was always my purpose. My impact on the football team, my impact in the locker room, my impact in the quarterback meeting room, my impact into the whole facility, my impact to the city, my impact to the league. That was just who I was. Now, at the end of the day, when I turn in my page, which I've already did, turn in like, listen, this is what you got. If I'm past, I pass. And if I don't, listen, I can guarantee you that I gave everything I had. And that's where I'm at now. So it's just like, do I deserve? Of course, bias. Like, I'm course you tell me somebody who had a bigger impact when i was playing feel me but at the same time i'm saying to myself that's not really why i played i played because luke keekley luke august keekley made me better <laughs> like these guys are battles like the sean mcdermott's of the world i love going to practice to talk shit in two minute drills and to get up under his skin and then when i threw an interception when we didn't score they would talk shit. They, that drove me crazy. TD, like he was the person who could get up under my skin and it was all, we had that brotherly, you know, banter from each other. That impact where we, I seen no sellouts my rookie year to all sellouts in their span. And it was like that impact ain't given to the, to the people who don't just really have a major grasp on his purpose. So, I just let it be into the people's hands who it is. It's like, bro, but you got to do your research when it comes to yeah. really look past, say, the, look past um, yeah. all that. You got to. And I'll say this from an impact standpoint, and you know this better than anybody, the impact you had on the game as a whole, right? You changed the game as a whole, right? You're the first guy like Josh. I play with Josh here. Josh plays like you. You changed the game as a whole from – from how teams had to defend you to the quarterback position in general. But your impact to the game was huge, but the way you cared about your teammates, the way you poured into people, 
the way you poured into the practice squad guy that got cut for Cocker, a.k.a. Connor Cook. Connor and when Cook. I came back, you know, I think that when, when people look back on your career, at least people that have been around you and people that have played with you, that's it's nothing like your touchdowns don't come to mind, your front flips, maybe your dabs come to mind for me. But like that's what comes to mind when I think of Cam Newton, man. I think of the locker room. I think of you. I think of cigars out back. I think of yeah. fellowship in the QB room, just smacking queso, sushi, and and yeah. pig. I think of you fucking with Norv. You know, like it's all those little things who made you you, man. I say this in my closing. There's a lot of people who aren't living in their truth, mm. and whatever that means. And granted, I'm not perfect. I'm just a person who believes in something, and I'm willing to stand on the top of the wherever to scream it out. And it's not a it's not a this thing it's not a that thing i speak for my kind right who says like listen bro call me crazy but this is just how i feel coach you know what i'm saying like this is how i feel bro like you can be better dog like you could do this and you could do that and what would the world be if everybody or more people were living in their truth not oh man i gotta be politically correct or man i gotta put this image on i, I, I didn't care i was just like i'm gonna be me and just allow me to be me. And then when you, what you saw was just that. So, yeah. Well, I, I looked down the pipeline, right? With lead 11s and the camps I do and all this stuff. And like, you know, like Kyle said, you know, Josh Allen plays the game similar. You can compare stats and rushing and all like, so he plays the game similar to the way that you played the game. Something's better. Something's not as good, whatever. So there's other people. I really like this kid from Bama, Jalen Milrow. Like there's kids coming up where there's elements of this, right? And they can sit there and they got all the kids who are like, I want to be like this person. or I model my game after this person. Bro, I don't see anybody in the pipeline who on the physical side of it and then in terms of living in your truth and not really giving a shit at any point ever what anybody believes, this is what I believe about myself and this is who I am. I, I just think we fast forward 20 years and we're not going to be like, man, that guy is exactly like this dude who used to play for the Panthers. We're just not. And so I, I just, you're one of my favorite athletes, even though there was times when, you know, when you're on the other side of it, like I talked about, but it's just like, I just, I, I don't see anybody else like you coming. And uh, for that, yeah, I think you're in the hall of fame. I don't know where that's, that is on the criteria list, but in terms of changing things, which is a subjective yes. opinion, I think you flipped it more than anybody's flipped it, man. So it's been fun to watch, man. Dang. Let, let me ask you, let me ask you one more question. Okay. So when you were 24, yeah. You were where, whatever you did that year, probably threw a bunch of touchdowns, probably had a bunch of rush to touchdowns, probably won a bunch of games. You said you're 34 now. Mm -hmm. I'm just genuinely interested in this answer. What are you doing when you're 44? Where are you at? What are you doing? It's, it's, I'm all about analogies. And when you're driving a fast car, when that speedometer or that, that gauge is like, eh. red line. I'm in that phase of my life from the business aspect. I'm pushing. By the time I get 44, it's going to eh. getting prepared to really hand off. Everything I do is for my kids now. Right. The fact, like, even when people are like, yo, why aren't you on NFL roster? It's like, look, I genuinely love going to football practices smoking my cigar ch chilling just like boy and i'm writing notes in my phone or writing notes on my tablet saying like son you had a play blah, blah, blah. but i don't do it in a way where he still doesn't enjoy the game 
my, my daughter is in tennis lessons and I'm just the consistency of just over the shoulder, Kuda, over the shoulder, baby. Like, boom, like all my sons, I listen to them when they're down in the playroom, like down, sad, da, da, da. like those things I genuinely care about. But when I'm waking up every morning to every morning, going to different business ventures, I'm in that grinding state where that throttle is like, eh. so when I'm 44, I can kind of downshift, but this is the peak of, of where I generate a lot of um, things to be able to give off to the second coming of the Newton household. Bro. I love it. Smart person once told me in your twenties, you burn in your thirties, you learn in your forties, you earn. So Ooh. we'll see how that plays out. You've already done both, but let's see how that third one plays out for you. Appreciate well, dude, you. thank you so much for coming on, man. This was a blast. That's sweet, um, man. Appreciate you. We'll find a time to jump on your show too.